Uh, finally, this is pretty crazy here. Some geologists have just announced that they are going to try and drill three miles beneath the ocean to break through the Earth's crust for the first time ever. Yeah, some say it could trigger a massive earthquake, while others say it'll all be worth it if we find a candy center. There you go. We have a great show, everybody. Give it up for the It turns out, when you say you want to drill through the Earth's crust for the first time ever, people get interested. That was Jimmy Fallon making a joke about us on The Tonight Show. Overall, the media attention has been really exciting and positive, but it's also brought to light some concerns that people hold, like that earthquake that Jimmy mentioned. Is that actually a risk? On this episode, I'll try to separate fact from fiction when it comes to drilling a hole in the bottom of the sea. We are currently steaming towards the Southwest Indian Ridge, where we will spend 40 days and 40 nights drilling a hole into the ocean floor. Feels almost biblical, eh? On this episode, we will introduce the ship, a few of the people on it, before we bust some myths and take a deep dive into the rabbit hole of online comments. Welcome to the Joydee's Resolution. She's 143 meters long with a 62 meter drilling derrick towering above. 122 people currently call this ship their home, and this includes scientists, lab technicians, engineers, programmers, cooks, even a doctor. We departed the Port of Colombo on December 5th and are currently traveling at about 12 knots, or 22 kilometers an hour. We should arrive at the drill site around December 17th. There are TV monitors scattered around the ship that tell you everything from what meetings are happening to what's for dinner. And they also have these really cool live wind maps of the entire Indian Ocean. Over the last couple days, everyone's been watching them and watching the streaks that represent wind flow converge into a dense circle with an eye in the center. Today, we met Tropical Depression Expo Hale. It's called Expo Hale because it was upgraded to a tropical cyclone and given the name Bohale, before it was downgraded, hence the X in front of it. Despite the downgrade, the ship really did start moving. Now, I'll save you from the audio that I recorded of it, because it's really just wind hitting the microphone. As the waves crashed over the deck, I imagined that the center of drama would be the bridge, the captain manning the wheel and fighting against the waves. So I headed up there, and the scene that I found was kind of the opposite. The captain was working quietly at his desk, and the second mate was calmly looking out the window and sipping a cup of tea. Yeah, my, my name's John Powell, and I'm the uh, the second mate. How is the sea right now? Is this is this is this as usual, or is this? Oh no no no! <laughs> this yeah, this is rough. Yeah. But uh, it's very manageable. Conditions for me, I mean, these aren't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't want to be in a small boat, that's for sure. Totally. But yeah. this this is a good sea boat and uh, you know I, I, I think this is pretty good. I mean you yeah, yeah. I mean you guys are standing up. We're standing up. Yeah. Yeah. That's time being standing up. That's <laughs> that's a that's a good good sea condition. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. 
barely standing up, but we're, we're standing yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised. You seem, you seem very relaxed. No one's like oh, got yeah, their hand no, on the wheel. You're no, drinking your cup of tea there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got, you know, we're on autopilot. Okay. And uh, autopilot does a very good job. Yeah. You know, it's not like the old ones. I mean, these ones these days, <clears throat> you know, they're, it's telling you now that it's off heading a little bit. Yeah. These ones these days, they're thinking. They're okay. thinking autopilots. Mm -hmm. So they'll maintain like uh, 15, 20 degrees to starboard on the rudder. They know what it takes to maintain that, uh, that course. Yeah. So Leading up to this expedition, I was quite nervous for storms like this because I have a lifelong history of motion sickness from planes and cars and roller coasters and, yes, boats. However, so far it's been quite manageable. And that's mostly thanks to the advice of this man. Yes, I'm uh, Dr. Gene Molina. Okay, so I'm the ship's medic or the ship's physician on board Joydis Resolution. And I think Joydis will be uh, my uh, place of work until I retire because oh, I love it yeah. here. This is my home, away from home actually mm -hmm. now. Dr. Gene is seriously among the friendliest people I've ever met. He was particularly eager to show me his telemedicine unit, which looks like a large flat screen TV with a couple security cameras on the top of it. As you know, I'm the only, it's a one-man team, medical team here. So I'm the only doctor, I'm the lab tech, I'm the medical, uh, what's this, medical technician as well, phlebotomist. I can actually get uh, or consult with doctors with specialties, right. different specialties. So it's not just uh, glamorous Skype, <laughs> but it's something else. So it is equipped with specialized cameras. As you notice, I have two there. They are very high resolution cameras. We're in, the doctors from the other side can actually uh, ma maneuver the camera or pan it the way they want it and focus on uh, whatever they want to observe on the patient. It has an interface wherein I can connect the stethoscope and they can hear the heartbeat of the patient wow. <laughs> okay and also ultrasound and ecgs that can be hooked up and uh, they can also see so i have a digital x-ray as well and a mini lab where i can do blood chemistries plus complete blood counts as i'm sure you can imagine in an emergency his job has some very unique challenges that come along with being in the middle of nowhere all I can do is actually uh, stabilize the patient and, uh, of course, call an immediate medi medical evacuation. And that alone is a challenge not only for my team, it will also be a challenge for the medical evacuation uh, agent that will actually help us out because it's too far from coast, the coastline. But uh, we are, of course, equipped with that one. We have a helipad. We have a fuel station so that they can refuel when they land on board Joydis. And despite being prepared for the worst, Dr. Jean's days are often much more relaxed. Our uh, ship is proud to say that we haven't had any lost time incidents for the past 11 years already. That's actually pretty impressive. Ships are dangerous places and drill ships even more so. So all I actually do here most of the time is actually take care of seasickness mild colds and some overeating problems like upset stomach and uh, <laughs> this is the work that I, I am living the dream okay so and it's actually a pleasure really an honor for me to work here on board Joy this resolution knowing that it's a very unique ship serving the best people in the world in terms of research what can I ask can I ask for more I don't think so yeah 
nothing will beat that. <laughs> Thirty scientists on board are eager to get to the drill site and start analyzing new rocks. Until then, they're busy setting up their onboard labs and practicing on cores that were obtained during the two previous expeditions to the area. This time next week, they'll have fresh samples and the real fun for them will begin. However, back on shore, the excitement for this expedition already has. Well, today one group of researchers set off on a journey into the Indian Ocean to do just that. set out on an ambitious new expedition with the aim of drilling into the Earth's crust for the very first time. Cardiff University in Wales. He's on board a ship, currently heading south from Sri Lanka. As I mentioned off the top of the show, the media has been very excited about the prospect of a hole that may one day reach to the Earth's mantle. And rightly so. However, not all attention has been so positive. Warning, scientists could spark megaquake as they drill below the Earth's crust for the first time. That was from a UK newspaper called the Daily Express. I sat down with one of our co-chief scientists to discuss this sort of response. Uh, okay, uh, my name is Chris MacLeod. Uh, I'm a professor of geology at Cardiff University in Wales in the UK and I'm one of the two co-chief scientists on Expedition 360. It's disappointing to see um, responses like this. So, um, but nevertheless, it does um, does reflect the concerns of certain section of the public, most of whom are um, ill-informed, but also concerned, also mistrustful scientists, uh, and how they're portrayed. And so, we're, we're working very hard, of course, to explain what we do in terms that can be understood by the public. What came as a surprise to me was that. Even on the well-reported, scientifically accurate articles, some of the comments were startling. It's useful because it does alert us to things we hadn't thought that people would be concerned about. So we do have a responsibility to try and answer these comments and put to bed some of the wilder um, worries or paranoias of some of the people who, who either are doing it deliberately to wind people up or are, are simply misinformed. I agree with Chris. These concerns tell me that I've got work to do. I mean, I am an education and outreach officer after all. So with this in mind, I read them. I read all of the online comments on all of the articles I could find. And don't get me wrong, many were very supportive, but also many were very concerned with what we were doing. So I took these concerns and I categorized them. And Chris was kind enough to help me sort through the most common ones. Number one. Is there a chance we could trigger an earthquake? A very, very tiny one at the very best, but almost certainly no. Um, the area we're going to is one on which the stored stresses uh, have been relieved by the, the plate boundary nearby. That plate boundary generates earthquakes of magnitude 6 or so regularly. And so when, the, but they don't cause any, any effect to man because they're far, far away from anywhere, they dissipate. Um, so any earthquakes from this region have absolutely no um, potential hazard to, to man. Over the last few decades or so, we've become very good at monitoring earthquakes worldwide. And we've got a pretty good handle on where the serious hazards to human population are. Number two, is there a chance we could cause a volcano? Again, no, because the particular place we're going is old and it's cold, and that's the reason we're going to it. Uh, but 
even if we drilled right on the mid-ocean ridge axis itself, the active uh, plate boundary, all we would be doing would be accelerating the natural process, which is of repeated lava flows and eruptions anyway. Lava oozes out onto the seafloor all the time and forms pillow-like structures of a rock called basalt. Remember that from the last episode? Incidentally, in Iceland, uh, geothermal en energy engineers have deliberately tried to drill into lava flows and they have, on a couple of occasions, uh, caused an eruption. The very worst that happens then is that the, the lava flows up the drill pipe and you lose some equipment and that's, and that's the, 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 the end of it. This is not the sort of explosive volcanism that might come to mind. There appears to be a commonly held belief that there's a lot of pressure down there somewhere just waiting to be released. And this brings us to number three. Will we be drilling into any highly pressurized zones? Absolutely not. Uh, we are drilling into the crystalline basement of the Earth's crust. Um, so there are no large reservoirs of um, permeable horizons down at depth. It's not like trying to drill into an oil reservoir or anything like that. Um, so, so really, no, there's, there's very little chance. And the place we're going to again is, a, is an old cold block of very solid, very dense rock. So there's no surprises ahead of us that, we, that anybody has ever come across that could, that could um, trigger anything that would be of, 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 of any danger to anybody, not least ourselves. Number four, could we hit oil and cause an environmental disaster along the lines of BP's Deepwater Horizon in the Gulf of Mexico? No, it's about as different an environment, geological environment, as you could get from the Gulf of Mexico. The International Ocean Discovery Program and its precursors, scientific ocean drilling through the years, have worked very, very hard to make sure there's no possibility of um, setting off some environmental catastrophe like that. There are many, many years of uh, investigations. There are surveys that are done of, of every area before a drill hole is ever put down on the seafloor and uh, in the exact opposite of what the oil industry do, who go looking for places to find such fluids, we go actively f to find places that can't possibly hold such reservoirs. See, we simply have the wrong type of rock here. Petroleum reserves are held in sedimentary rocks, and we're going to be drilling directly into igneous and metamorphic rocks, which have no possibility of holding oil or gas. The, the surveys that we do, we have to submit to an independent body who who are experts, uh, and they will ensure that there's no possible uh, hidden traps of sources of, of oil, gas, or anything else that we might trigger accidentally. So that's out of our hands, and it's all reviewed independently before we're ever allowed here to the site with the drill ship. The next point was a focus of the Daily Express article I mentioned earlier. Number five, are we fracking? That is, hydraulically fracturing the rock. We pump water down the drill hole, seawater down the drill hole, to get the cuttings out of the hole. That's necessary in any any drill hole to um, to allow you to continue to drill, or else the drill will clog up. So um, the pressure at which water is pumped down into the hole is very precisely monitored. Um, fracking is um, a process by which you pump enormous pressures of water down the hole deliberately to fracture the borehole. So that's um, the pressures that you need to pump are very precisely understood in order to create the fractures to, to, to try and extract oil and gas from shales. 
we're in a completely different geological environment. Yes, we pump water down the hole at pressure in order to clean the hole, but we know exactly what we're doing in terms of what pressure we need, would need to fracture the hole. To make the, the borehole we want to, to penetrate deep, we don't want to, to fracture the formations around it. So we know we don't overpressure it, we don't cause fracking, fracturing around the hole, because that would actually make it much more difficult for us to attain the scientific targets we want to do. For the final concern, we turn to an expert in our microscopic friends. Uh, my name is Ginny Edgecombe, and I'm one of the two microbiologists on this expedition. Number six. Since we are looking for previously unknown microbial life in the rocks, is there any risk of unleashing something that could be harmful to humans? Well, that's a really good question. Um, but the types of metabolisms that we would expect to find in the serpentinized mantle would be types of metabolisms uh, of microbes that you would not ordinarily find as human pathogens. And so, no, I don't expect to find uh, human pathogens, things that would be dangerous to us in, in the samples that we'll be collecting. But nonetheless, uh, we take a lot of precautions in the laboratory to avoid uh, contamination in both directions. We don't want to contaminate our samples with our, with our own microbial contingent that comes with our bodies. And uh, likewise, we, we uh, are also protecting ourselves as we work with our samples. So there you have it. These were all very valid questions to raise. And I'm happy to report that they were all taken into consideration when planning this expedition. The International Ocean Discovery Program and its predecessors have drilled nearly 4,000 holes in the seafloor. This one does aim to be among the deepest, but they do have a lot of experience in studying the seafloor responsibly. You can get the latest from the Joides Resolution and explore the archives at our website, joidesresolution.org. That's J-O-I-D-E-S resolution.org. You can like the ship on Facebook at facebook.com slash joidesresolution, or follow us on Twitter at thejr. If you have questions, I want to hear from you. Head over to the website to send us an email or ask them on Twitter or Facebook. A Hole in the Bottom of the Sea is supported by the European Consortium for Ocean Research Drilling's Scientific Support and Advisory Committee, as well as the International Ocean Discovery Program, the National Science Foundation, and the U.S. Science Support Program. Today's episode was produced and edited by myself with support from Sharon Cooper. You can follow me on Twitter at Lucas Cavanaugh or visit my website www.lucas.fyi. The music used in this episode is by Bureaucratic. You can visit him on the web at bureaucratic.bandcamp.com.